The sacred writings of the Baha'i faith teach that music is a ladder for the soul. My name is Jack Gordon, host of Interfaith-ish, and for this ongoing series of conversations I'm calling Soul Ladder Music, I invite you to climb with me to higher planes of enlightenment and inspiration as we hear songs and stories from a diverse array of musicians who connect sound and spirit. So far in the series, we've mostly spoken with guests who are spiritual, but not exactly religious, which means we've only scratched the surface on the question, what does it mean to actually create religious music? Certainly what qualifies music as explicitly religious in its lyrical content and themes can be different depending on the artist. My guest this week draws from a strong foundation in his faith to blend the spiritual and social teachings of Islam as well as the cultural experiences of being an American Muslim. Joshua Salam is one-third of the world-renowned rap group Native Dean. Along with collaborators Abdul Malik and Naeem, Joshua has traveled the world to share Native Dean's music with audiences who often know the group's songs by heart before they've even stepped foot in the country. Although I've known Joshua for about a decade, both as an interfaith collaborator in the DC area and for his music, I was excited to hear more about his upbringing and the musical influences that inspired him. So enjoy my interview with Joshua Salam. First things first, let me tell you who is Allah. An Arabic word means the one God. The Christians in Arab lands, they say Allah. When they open up their Bible, they read Allah. Muhammad is the messenger. Allah reigns supreme. All hail the king. Cash don't rule everything around me. Allah rules all that you see. Allah made fire cool for Abraham. Allah raised Joseph to run in Egyptian lands. Allah took Jesus to himself when they planned his murder. Allah taught Adam names you never heard of. Allah told Moses to split the sea. Allah say, and I quote, worship me. As my Lord decrees, what you gonna do? Microphone check, one, two, one, true. One, true. I wanted to um, kick things off because I think, you know, Joshua, as, as long as I feel like I've known you um, and seen you in the community and seen all your good works and, and your beautiful music, um, I've never I've never really taken the time to ask a little bit about uh, your, you know, upbringing and, and, and how you came up and everything. So where did you grow up? What, what part of the country were you raised in? I was born in New Jersey, but I was uh, from the age of four, I was raised in Missouri and then Illinois, and then Indiana. And then okay. I graduated high school in Indiana. And uh, Illinois, I was only there for two years. But it was still a formative two years between my junior, sophomore and junior year of high school. It was in, it was in Illinois. But uh, 11 years in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, two years in the suburb of Chicago, and then uh, five years in Indianapolis, Indiana. And was your family Muslim at that time? Does it go back a few generations already at that point? Not a few generations. My, my mother, my grandmother, my mother, and, and some of her siblings came to Islam from Catholicism. Okay. And uh, most of them transitioned through a group called the Nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. uh, so my mother... And my grandmother stayed with the Nation of Islam. She, she was with the Nation of Islam until she passed away at the age of 92. Um, 
but my mother was there uh, with the nation for a brief time. And then she came to, I would say, you know, a more mainstream understanding of the Islamic faith. And then that's when I was born. And so I have, um, uh, uh, I have uh, older siblings who are still uh, Christian, uh, evangelical. One of them is kind of evangelical Christian as well. So there's diversity in my family from, from our upbringing. But oh, that's of, interesting. My, of my mother's five children, the younger uh -huh. two, the youngest two were raised as Muslim. Wow. So me, myself and the sister right above me. Oh, so you're the youngest one. I'm the youngest one. <laughs> I was hoping you didn't catch the math. But no. <laughs> yeah, I'm the youngest of my mother's children. And I then see. when I when I became 30, I met my father. I didn't know my father uh, oh, okay. my, my entire life, uh, wow. but I met him when I was 30 and uh, found out that I had a sister, a younger sister uh, mm. from my father. So, um, so I'm the youngest of five from my mother and the oldest of two from my father. Got it. Got it. And, and uh, uh, was he a practicing Muslim also or no? Yes. Uh, was, is, you know, I don't know his history, but yes, when I met him, he was, well-known in the South Carolina community, Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, how Carolina. about that? And okay. um, uh, he still is, a you know, like a pillar of that community. They know him as, as a masjid guy. Like, they just know his name is uh, uh, Rafiq, and they know Brother Rafiq as the, the masjid guy. All Always right. Masjid, uh, mentoring young people. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. What was the music that you were listening to in your household? You know, every week... When we, we would clean the house, Sunday was like our cleaning day. My mother's playing, you know, just classic music on the, on the radio, you know. And so Motown and the classic gold hits from the 60s and 70s, those are like some of my favorite songs even today. So, of course, outside the house, rap and hip-hop music was, was becoming popular and becoming known, and so... I got attracted to that. A lot of people was doing that in my neighborhood. And I took a, I don't know, it came fairly natural to me to, to, to do something like that when, when it was all around me. And so that's how I got into the type of music that I do. But uh, when I sit down and prefer to hear something relaxing and just calming, that's, the, that's my go-to music. It's the, it's the older Motown and the classical hits, yeah. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away I wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, 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 I know
where there's ain't no sunshine beautiful classic song when when you listen to that what's what's the uh what's the the feeling that you get when you listen to that song i i find it fascinating because when we were making music you know we felt like things had to be in a uh, in a a formula you know needed to be around three and a half minutes you know needed to have you know chorus line catchy chorus mm. uh you know and um and and you know just different things i believe i believe his song is like under two and a half minutes yeah it's like, it's, it's it's i was surprised also when i went back and listened i hadn't listened to that song in a while it's almost a tight two yeah and 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 I think the reason that you're surprised is because in your head, it's a it's a full song, it's a popular song. But when you listen to it, it's like, man, this hit, this classic was only two minutes, you know, and yeah. and just the 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 soul uh, in his voice, you know, that you feel you feel like, and she's always gone too long, you know, you like <laughs> you right. feel that he's it's it's more than the lyrics of that she's always gone too long. It's like he expresses it in a way that you can feel it. And 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 that with the music, it's just all like a culmination of a of a great hit that I aspire to in the in the poetry of getting across a whole story in a few lines. You yes. know? Um she's always gone too long anytime she goes away is um is uh is poetic and his whole, you know, the two verses that he used and then the 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 I guess you would call it a bridge, almost like and I know, I know, I know, mm -hmm. I know. And, and he just, just keeps going too. And keeps that was going, a, keeps that going. was the part that hit me. Was that what, again? Because I I hadn't listened to it in a minute, and and I was like, it's almost like it's a skip or it's a loop or something. Right. But he's going on a lot longer than I than I remember. And it's it, you're right, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's like it's like when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're telling them something that. That they already know, and you're like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And so he goes on and on. I yeah. know, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. But, I know. But, but you know, this this woman, what am I going to right. do? You know. And he comes, and he comes, and he comes out of that like that. Yeah. yeah After the last, I know. Yeah. I, I need, I need to leave this young thing alone. But ain't no sunshine when she, you know. So I don't yeah. know. It was just, uh, and and it's one of the songs that I also his. His voice is very close to my natural. Um, like I don't have to strain too hard to try to sing that song, so uh -huh. that's another another reason why I like. It. I was born by the river in a little tent. Oh, and just like the river, I've been running ever since. It's been a long. But I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long But I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. Tell me about uh, uh, Sam Cooke. 
change is going to come. What do you What do you hear when you hear that song? Uh, that is, um, again, powerful. His voice, the, just the soul of the voice. I rem- and I remember listening one time I was in choir in college. And, and also, so my choir teacher in college was a black African-American, said this, and a young artist, what is her name? She's like a Native American and black artist. Moo M- um, something fresh. Oh, Moo Fresh. Yeah, Maya Muna Yusuf. Moo Fresh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, just saw her perform last, last weekend. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, at she, uh, Black Love Festival in, in uh, uh, Fort DuPont. Was, she's a good performer. Yeah. She's a good great. Performer. I hope I hope that I can have her on this show also. Yeah, I really yeah, want to yeah, give man. her a call up. And and but both of them said the same thing. Like the difference between like some musical classes tell you, you know, keep your voice nice and smooth and blue moon. <laughs> you know, like right. that's that's where the talent is. That's where the you know eliteness is as opposed to any vibration and, you know, but the soul was completely different. You know, mm. it's like, no, let that, let that passion, let that pain, let that joy come through your voice. Right. And, and, uh, and it was a different mindset. And so in that song, he does that as he, as he talks about, you know, that change is going to come, you know, we've been, we've been experiencing this, this hurt, this pain, this torture, this segregation, this, you know, less than for so long, but change, change is going to come. And it's, you know, so it's uplifting without erasing, you know, um, and and it's just a calming song at the same time, even though he's talking about pain, it's calming and uplifting at the same time. And and again, I like, I like singing that song too. It's like a culmination of all the (laughs) things. Have you ever uh, heard the poet Suhair Hamad's uh, poem that has to do with that song? No. I think she did a performance on it on Deaf Poetry Jam. Um, after this, I'll have to, I'll look it up and I'll, I'll text you the link for it. But it's a beautiful tribute to her father. Uh, you know who Suhair Hamad? She's Palestinian. Um, anyway, she she just weaves in the story of why her father loves that song so much and identifies mm. with it uh, as, as, um, as being an, an immigrant as being, you know, obviously somebody that's gone through mm-hmm. uh, a lot of trials and tribulations himself. And um, anyway, I, I, whenever I hear that song, I always think of um, Suhair's, uh, poem so and and this is the song that starts out with i was born by the river that one that's right, right. that's right man i mean he kills it from the get-go exactly you know, he, capt- he captures you uh, with the imagery with the with the metaphor of the river and just like the river i've been i've been running, running ever, ever since, since. Yep. yeah it's been a long a long time coming Change gonna come. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so it, it captures you from the beginning all the way to the end. Um, calming music, but the voice, such a powerful voice. And, and, and remembering that the voice is an instrument, you know, and mm-hmm. so how, how these musicians use their voice to, to add to the music, to push the music, 
and to push your heart, you know, to pull at your heartstrings. Um, when when they get it right, when they get that music and that voice to sync up, mm, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so so it sounds like your your mother, um, although she she went through this religious uh, uh, evolution that that she kept you know some of that that uh love for that classic r&b music during that time was there ever any sort of a a attention with that as you when while you were growing up and some of the messages that you heard from religious leaders or was that really something that was embraced yeah the the tension came when i was started interacting more with um muslims who immigrated to america there was, uh, but in, but in my community in Kansas City, Missouri, which was the community I was mostly involved with, was predominantly African American. There was never any uh, tension. The, the the music was embraced. My songs, my raps were embraced. And then when I went to a camp called the Muslim Youth of North America, it was it was embraced as well, but with a caveat. There was. Um, most of the people there felt that wind instruments and stringed instruments were forbidden. And so we had to like kind of, um, uh, I don't know, evolve the, the performance to just a drum only. And then even then there was particular drums that made people feel uncomfortable, other drums that made mm. people feel comfortable. So it took, um, it took some extra creative effort to do a performance if you were gonna do a performance. And that started from the age of 12, you know, mm. so I was 12 years old, figuring out from doing beats on walls, doing beats on upside down uh, water cooler containers, you know, those five gallon yeah, uh, sure. containers. We used to beat sure. on those like they were drums, uh, tables, um, different African thumb instruments, you know. Um, mm. So, yeah, so, but outside of that, you know, the, the music has always been embraced. And, and even when we formed our group called Native Dean um, in the year 2000, it was embraced to a point where we became a, a national, inter international phenomenon within the Muslim community. Right. Uh, even though there was some uh, instrumental restrictions, but still the, the music itself was, was very um, catchy and people, people enjoyed it. At times I feel that the sun is hidden by a hazy sky and the lights around me hide the moon at night I know you're closer than the veins that keep me living Cause all around me I feel your mercy Subhanallah Alhamdulillah Illa ilaha Every 
Just a little time to breathe To appreciate the trees The swaying leaves as they wave to me Now I need your guiding light Got me like the stars at night Got me through the storms of life Guide me until the day I die Flashing light, a storm that blinds us all from wrong and right. And the trials of life seem like the mountains high, but as light above it all is worth the climb. Where were you in your life when when uh, Native Dean started to, to form? And, and tell us a little bit about about that origin story. Yeah, so so when I was 12 in 1985, there was this uh, national Muslim camp that started called Muslim Youth of North America. We called it MENA as the acronym. And people came around from Canada and from all parts of America to come descend on this town in Plainfield, Indiana for like this national youth camp. And it became an annual thing every mm -hmm. December. And then it became a regional thing. You know, people weren't waiting for the one to happen in December. They started having one on the West Coast and Central, mm -hmm. Central Zone, and East Zone. And, and it, just, it just spread like, like a beautiful garden all over America. And the, the, the structure of it was a week long of lectures. It was kind of like, like an intensive camp. It's like lectures and talks and discussions. And some, some activities, some, some uh, you know, recreation, but mostly lectures and talks. Uh, but at the end, there was entertainment night. You know, the last <laughs> night was always, always entertainment night where uh -huh. pe people like me really came alive. The, all the poets came out and the people who did skits <laughs> and the comedians and the rappers and the singers, you know. And so um, that became a tradition and everybody used to look forward to entertainment night until one sister, her name was Hanan, she said, why do we have to wait to December to hear this? We should put this on a tape and call it Men of mm. Raps. And, and, uh, and so we'll put all of these, these songs and um, raps and they even put some skits on there and they made a tape out of it. And uh, I, was, I had the fortune of being one of the artists on the very first one that was produced. All and right. then the, the two people that I'm with now, they heard that. They, they found out about that Men of Raps tape. And I, went and I ended up going into the military uh, and they started doing more Minaraps and they did Minaraps 2, Minaraps 3, Minaraps 4. Uh, and by the time I got out of the military, I, I found out that the project was still going on. I was like, oh, okay, that's good. Let me. So I, put, I submitted some more music to be uh -huh. on Minaraps, to be on Minaraps 5. But on Minaraps 5, there was only three artists that submitted any work. And that was Naeem Abdul Malik and me. 
It was supposed to be, <laughs> it was supposed to be a big project, just like all the other ones. But I guess it was dying out. I don't know what happened, but we were the only three people that submitted work, and uh, and so Men of Raps Five kind of felt like our our uh, um, tape, our album. And uh-huh. so when I moved when I moved into the same area as them, people started asking us to perform at weddings, at events, and we weren't a group at that time, uh, mm. but. You know, it just kind of organically transitioned into us feeling like a group because we were performing songs off of these Men of Raps tapes. And then it just it just took off from there, you know, from the year 2000. Um, a super group from the jump. A super group from the jump, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I didn't realize that. So yeah. you said you you were a poet or inclined towards writing poetry and things like that. Did you... Did you see, I guess I'm trying to figure out, it, were you doing that in a secular context also, and then you just applied what you were doing in a secular context to doing it specifically on, on Muslim themes, or were you, were you always tracked towards like, this is, this is an area where we can, we can, uh, you know, use the, the format of the day, the popular format of the day to talk about these um, things that are concerning the Muslim community in particular? No, I, uh, it was never that intentional for me. I can't speak for the other two members, but for, for me, uh, which is why I, I don't fault gangster rap too much because, you know, if that's your life, if that's all you know, if that's, if that's what you live and breathe, and you're an artist and you're a musician, then it just kind of comes out of you, right? Mm. So uh, for me... Uh, my faith is my life. It is, you know, I, I'm a person who my mother took me to the mosque regularly. You know, we were involved in youth programs regularly. Uh, you know, the Quran is a, is a book that we refer to often. And so when I, and, and I am an artist. So when I start making music, all of that just comes out. It's not like mm-hmm. I intentionally think, oh, Leah, let me write a, let me write a song about, you know, fasting. And that, I think that'll be good for it. No, it's just like, I'm making the music and, you know, that's kind of what I feel like rapping about, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, alcohol wasn't a part of my upbringing or household. And, you know, so I didn't, I didn't have an experience with alcohol. I had an experience with uh, uh, waking up early <laughs> to, to, <laughs> by my by my mother kicking in the door like let's pray you know so uh, so yes yeah, it just kind of comes from me you know who when when you were a a young person and and just getting exposed to rap music for the first time who were some of the the artists that you gravitated towards who were the people that you were listening to uh, some of that is evident in my first rap ever. Uh, not too many people hear this, so I'm going to let you hear some of it. Because all right, all right. I bet you heard of Houdini and the Fat Boys, too. But when it comes to the best rapper, it's you-know-who. Yeah, <laughs> Josh is my name and rap is my game. Run DMC, I'm going to put you to blame. You know, so that was... <laughs> wow, you were calling out all the greats. I was calling them Watch out your at the back. age of 10 years old. <laughs> I made that rap when I was 10. I love that you remember that. That's beautiful. Now you're cooling at a test, standing on the wall, but it's time to get steady. In 
do you feel that Native Dean, when we were starting out in 2000, was that something that was really not happening in the Muslim community at that time? Certainly rappers of the era that you were talking about were were deeply influenced by, like you were saying, Nation of Islam, you know, obviously through that the charismatic figure of, of Malcolm X and, and obviously and Elijah Muhammad. But the but the idea of 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 it not just being something that's like a reference point in the background of a lot of songs, but really being like an explicit part of, as you were saying, sort of what the core story is or the core message of the song is. Was that something fresh and different that you all were a part of in that time? I, I would say to that level, I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that it was it was too fresh and different. I think there was a lot of young people doing what we were doing. Um, and like you said, the famous people before, you know, everybody went wild when they heard uh, all praise be to Allah. And that's a blessing, you know, over the over the airwaves of the radio by Eric B and Rakim. Rakim. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yes, there were a lot of famous Muslim rappers who were Muslim and they might slip some lyrics into their song that let you know that they were familiar with the faith. But young people like us, there was a bunch of us. You know, like when I was young, when I was young making those raps, I wasn't the only person making raps about Muslim and Islam and praying and the masjid, and everybody was doing it. But but when Native Dean finally formed in the year two thousand, and and just the situation propelled us into the media and propelled us into doing tours, mm. there wasn't there wasn't really anybody doing it at that level. You know, there wasn't anybody who had who had became that. Uh, well known to become an international group, so we were we were the one of the first people that got to that level. But I wouldn't say that we were, you know, new or unique in, in doing that type of music and that type of uh, messaging. When you when you say propelled you and and referencing the media, was nine eleven a big factor in in that? I think nine eleven was a big factor in that um, because. Uh, the world wanted to know more about Islam mm. and, and they wanted to know more about these Muslims. And uh, so that caused a lot of interviews, you know, people reaching out. So now they're, they're searching and they find out about this, what? Muslim mm. rap. Okay, well, let's, let's get them on the air and ask them some questions and interview them and see, you know, how, are they rapping for peace? Are they doing this? Or what are their opinions on that? And so um, that that definitely had a lot to do with it. But I would say even more so than that was bootlegging. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you know, uh, you would have a tape and then you make a copy of that tape, uh -huh. you know? And then you give it to a friend and that friend likes it and then they make a copy of the tape and then they give it to another friend and Nobody's buying the original. Everybody's bootlegging or buying a bootleg. And so what would happen was um, our music was going very far mm. before we did. The first time we went to England uh, and we were on stage performing, we were so surprised that the audience was singing our song. Wow. They had all, they already, we had never been to England, never sold anything in England, but friends of friends and families and traveling because you got you remember this is an international community immigrants right. from all over the world and then they have cousins and they travel here and there so the music was there and and people knew the song 
Um, and so that had a lot to do the the, the, the the diverse group of people in the youth camps that were from, of course, they were coming from all over America, but those Muslim youth were African-American, Egyptian, Tunisian, Pakistani, Iraqi, Indian, Indonesian. They were, they were from all over the world and they had families and they were sharing that music with their families. And so uh, that helped to push our music to an international community uh, before any marketing was ever done, before any promotion was ever done. You wanna be at the top? Inshallah. Are we the cream of the crop? Inshallah. You gotta rock till you drop? Inshallah. Cause believers never stop. Mashallah. Are we the people with the plan? Inshallah. Are we doing all we can? Having crude manners, yeah. angry men holding guns with a few camels, terrorists pumping yeah. fists with their rude banners. You get anxiety from symbols of our piety because they don't show us Muslims who contribute to society. How come they don't show us doing positive things? We get abused and harass so many problems this brings. This is the blacks in the 60s, Japanese in the 40s were the same category, having messing with our stories. Fashion our pictures over negative words, people are begging to learn, but you just making it worse. But now we're gonna watch you, your biases that pop through and go against your sponsors, advertisers if we got to. Wake up, it's alright to defend, gotta fight with a pen if our plight's gonna end. You wanna be at the top? Inshallah. Are we the cream of the crop? Inshallah. You gotta rock till you drop? Inshallah. Cause believers never stop. Mashallah. Are we the people with the plan? Inshallah. Are we doing all we can? Inshallah. Putting knowledge in the land? Inshallah. Yes, y'all, you know it's time to listen very close Because my lyrics are gonna get raw Cause what you see is what you saw Ain't nothing changed but the criminal perception of the law Like who's a criminal and what's a crime I'm trying to define how the television washes your mind Conspiracies against me and still be Majority of the people still believe whatever they see on TV How can this be when obviously it's the media Feeding lies to the people, can't you see that bruh? Come on, you need examples, for instance, some cases You don't know about religions and you don't know about the races You look, see black, think that I'm athletic And you look and see a Muslim and you think anti-Semitic But check it, watch what they do to your mind, kid It's all connected, you, you better, better not be blind You wanna be at the top? Inshallah, are we the cream of the crop? Do you think it made a, a difference or was something unique and attractive to that international community to see three black American Muslims that were that were in the group? Yeah, I think that had something to do with it as well. Just, um, you know, it, I guess it was authentic, you know? At rap at that time was very uh, associated with blackness, with African-American uh, people of America. And, and so to have three black youth, black uh, African-American men who were from America, who were Muslim, mm -hmm. I think gave it a real authentic feel for some people who that was the stereotype that they had of, of the music, you know? Mm. So I, yeah, I would say that, that that has something to do with it as well. So, I mean, you all have been to how many countries at this, at this point? Mm, I would say 25 to 30. 
yeah, like every time I, I I see you all on social media or something, you're popping up somewhere different yeah. and and doing I mean these it seems like these, you know it's it's a big deal in so many corners of the globe that where where um there's probably, you know, much bigger Muslim populations, you know, percentages of the of the country. Mm-hmm. And so to have you all coming from the US it seems like it's a it's a really big deal for them, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still, like you know, we 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 got much more love when we went to England uh, than we ever did in the U.S. You know, mm. I think it's just that oh, it's a group from America, and I think the probably same way with the Beatles when they came here. It was like oh, <laughs> this group from from uh, the U.K. Uh, I see how it is. You were you were comparing yourself to Run DMC. Now you're comparing Native Dean to the Beatles. I get it. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta be careful with that. But but um, when when uh, and a lot of groups have experienced that. A lot of jazz artists and other artists, you know, when they went overseas, that's when they got big. And then that that fame over there, they were able to carry back to the U.S., but they weren't famous in the U.S. at, at first. Yeah. So that's well, interesting. Well, as, as you all have, have grown um, and, 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 you know, obviously you've, you've, you've gotten older, you've gained more experience, you know, both as a group, but also in life, and you've seen so much of the world are there things that you all think about, you know, on these, on these plane trips, going back and forth together, you know, things that you've seen, ways that you want to use this platform um, to, to teach, to educate people, to have a positive influence? Um, that's a good question. That's a tough question. But I, I just know that we're very aware that the music has a larger reach than we will ever have. The music, mm. has, the music has traveled to places that we will never go. And, and I remember a story from my friend Naeem, one of the band members who was in an airport in Iran. Now, he's never been to Iran. Iran doesn't come across as a country that, you know, necessarily would be playing our music and being mm. popular there. But some little child, Iranian child, saw him in the airport, walked up, walked up to him and said, are you from Native Dean? <laughs> And wow. it, it just blew his mind that like, he's like, yeah, I am. But like, we're in Iran in the airport, just, you know, you, you just never know when somebody's going to recognize you that you're this artist that they listen to. And, and so many people have come up to us and said that our music has helped them through high school. Our music helped them mend a relationship with their parents or with their children or, um, you know, they, they, they played it at their school when they were growing up. You're like, it it really makes us feel that this work is is important, and uh, I think it's kept our group together. We we probably could have broken up maybe four or five times from internal frustration or argument, but <laughs> either right normally right after a, a, an argument, we'll get a comment like this. You know, uh, somebody's mm. saying, and and the, the conversation normally goes, "Your song did." such and such for me thank you so much please don't ever stop what you're doing right mm. and then we'll look at each other and be like oh, okay <laughs> back know, in the studio I'll be back in the studio <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Well, I, I'll share on a on a personal level. You know, when I first found out about you all, it was when I had just moved to DC, mm-hmm. um, and I think I had it was in two thousand seven. I don't think I'd been here more than really a couple of months, mm-hmm. and I went to one of the interfaith concerts that um, that uh, the interfaith conference of of uh, Metropolitan Washington put on. It was at the at the Catholic Basilica, mm-hmm. and and I remember right, that. Yeah, right from right from that 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 performance, um, I was I mean I was I was just so captivated by the by the the musicianship that you all had, and it wasn't anything that I'd seen before either, mm-hmm. um, and and so that was that was what what started I think me me following you guys and 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 getting more familiar with with your work, and. Um, my wife and I were dating at the time and um and I at the same time I was basically I was listening to you know I was I was just sort of on this path about educating myself about religion and you know I at that point I'd I'd been a Baha'i a few years but I I was just sort of you know wanting to deepen my understanding of of Islam in particular because because I didn't grow up around around Muslims mm-hmm. but I'd been listening to a lot of um Imam Khalid Latif's uh, khutbas at New York mm-hmm. University, mm-hmm. and and learning. I mean, he's a great storyteller, and 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 so I was learning a lot of of uh, stories through that. And I came across uh, your song Zamiluni, mm-hmm. and and it just touched my heart so deeply because I thought it was it was such a beautiful articulation of that story of the Prophet Muhammad and Khadija, and and presented in in such a beautiful way that that really shared the story of that of that uh, really beautiful example of love. He stepped inside his home, was overwhelmed with fear. An angel came with words from God. Things were still unclear. Saying
it's a very romantic song in a certain sense and the way that you present it you know is very beautiful you know with the, the instrumentation mm -hmm. and the way that you all are singing and it's you know it's a little bit weird you know to say about that that it feels romantic this mm -hmm. this this story about about uh muhammad and khadija but but um you have this line in there where you all say we look for stories of love in places dark and cold when we have a guiding light for the whole world to behold. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I, I thought that that was so beautifully captured in that song. The song itself is such a such a gorgeous example of that. So I, I do want to just appreciate you for, for that song in particular that's meant so much um, in my life and, and, and really in the in the um, as an as a as a guide in my wife and, and Maya's marriage. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, romance shouldn't feel weird with, you know, and, and talking about it, you know, there, there was romance and love and courting between the Prophet and, and the Khadija, specifically married to her for, was it 15 years, 20, 20, yeah, 25 years. And, and um, uh, but it's funny that the lyric that you chose, how much thought goes into our lyrics uh, is, um, I pushed back on that lyric because I was like, how are they going to know you're talking about a, a theater? You know, it's not that clear. And he's like, no, they'll get it. You know, I'm, I just want to stick with it. I was like, I don't know, places dark and cold. He might be thinking about something else. And so that's like native Dean life. We're always like micro inspecting lyrics and see <laughs> how they'll come across and what people will think. And uh, so that just a fun story behind that lyric. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, I could see that literally, but I just assumed that it was um, the idea of being dark and cold in that in that you sort of what you were talking about before about pop music, you know, and mm. and how if the youth don't have strong examples in this case, particularly of what true love looks like, right. of what it means to really love someone. And what better example than than the prophet and and his wife, and um, that that you start looking for examples of of what does it mean to be uh, lovers, to to be partners mm -hmm. with people that are you know that 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 are are less than right, that don't treat each other with respect, that aren't there for each other. Um, well, I'm end. glad he won the argument because <laughs> I would have had him very literally say a movie theater. So, you know. In a movie theater. So, <laughs> no, that, that, that was... touched, it touched me so much. It touched me so much. I mean, I think that that's some of the genius of, of Native Dean also, that I feel mm -hmm. like you, you hit a variety of, of genres and styles at the same time with this real authenticity and, and this, you know, earnestness in the best sense of it. You know that it's it's it, you're not necessarily rapping on the song, right? You you all mm -hmm. are are more singing. It's a melodic song in that way, mm -hmm. um, and and it you know it just you know tickles tickles the the back of my spine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now that's that's awesome that that it had that effect, and 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 those are the type of stories that keep us going too. You know, when yeah. somebody says how much that song you know touched them and. You know, my wife and I, able, and I were able to get, you know, get closer to it. And we used to sit and listen to it. And for us, it's like, oh, man, this music is really, it's, it's impactful. Let's, let's keep yeah. it up, you know. 
paradise is only for the people who are righteous So accept Islam, you might just get the mercy when you pray to Allah You know that we wanna go to heaven Anything you want, you're gonna have and you think of it There ain't nothing you won't like, you're gonna love it when you pray to Allah You know that we wanna go to heaven Brothers acting like the rock, sisters acting like they hot Muslims smoking pot, it happens a lot And I hope my people stop and think about the clock It goes tick tock, life is over then you drop Six feet deep under the earth, waiting for your second birth Allah will raise you up to see what your life is worth What did your ears hear, what did your eyes see What did your mouth say to those in your family Cause children cussing out their dads, moms is getting mad Parents getting frustrated cause kids are getting bad They're physically involved and some are getting drunk And others acting like paradise is not what they want Paradise. And the mothers and fathers crying, what happened to our baby? Oh, Try to raise him right now, this child is growing up crazy. Oh, maybe it's because the self-esteem is really low. Oh, or maybe it's because the children didn't know. Paradise is only for the people who are righteous. So accept this time, you might just get the mercy when you pray to Allah. You know that we want to go to heaven. Well, the last thing I wanted to I wanted to wrap up with here is that, you know, the the... The name of this uh, series that I'm doing is called Soul Ladder Music. It's, it comes from mm-hmm. uh, this quote from the Baha'i Writings that says that music can be like a ladder for the soul. You talked earlier about music c- can be a tool of God or a tool of the devil. So I, I wondered how that image of, of music being that a ladder for the soul uh, hits you. Ladder. Yeah. Um, and, and that thing about tool, by the way, uh, for anybody who might push back on me saying that it could be a tool of God or a tool of the devil, I believe religion is the same way. Mm. You know, uh, religion in, in the wrong hands with the wrong interpretation becomes a tool of the devil. Uh, but but people who have their hearts in the right place, obviously faith and religious books are a tool of God, but we have to be mindful of how these tools can be used uh, to, to, to be used for violence and to kill innocent people and things like that. And so, when I talk about the soul, the soul feeds just like the rest of the body. You know, um, I nourish my body with food and you try to eat right to stay in good shape so that your body can have a healthy spleen and colon and heart and lungs. And if you don't, and kidney, and if you don't eat and drink the right thing, those things will slowly deteriorate. Uh, I think the soul is similar. It has, it has nourishment that it needs often it's fed by what we look at and what mm-hmm. we listen to. Uh, what you see can, can uh, disease the, whole, the, the, the soul, and what you hear can disease the, the soul. So uh, being mindful of how you um, ingest, uh, you know, intake through those portals of your eyes and your ears is what will affect your soul. And so music is definitely... Uh, can be a ladder and elevate your soul and it can really feed your soul and uplift your soul um and it it could be the music that we're talking about or it could be beautiful a different type of music some people wouldn't categorize it as music but it does fall into the category of music of the call to prayer or the Mm, the the the, a beautiful voice reciting the quran you know these these are types of music that can elevate one's soul so without a doubt yeah, music uh, used in the right way will lift the soul up to their Lord. That's beautiful. Well, I got to say that you know, ever since that first time that I saw Native Demon on stage, I've been uh, I've been uh, dreaming 
of of uh you know some sort of hip-hop festival or something like that that pulls in you guys and whatever the mormon equivalent of native bean <laughs> is or you know our jewish rapper like modest yahoo or why love right, or somebody right. like that do a whole big uh uh interfaith hip-hop <laughs> festival. yeah yeah we, we we wanted to do something with modest yahoo at one point in time too but yeah plans for Who the knows? future we're still plans alive so you got many years left, many That's years right. left to do That's it. right. All right, my friend, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate you. Thanks for making the climb with me this week on Soul Ladder Music. If you've enjoyed the music in this show, you can find Native Dean's albums on all streaming services across social media and on their own media platform, dean.tv. Be sure to also look for Joshua Salam's solo album, One True. And if you want to hear past episodes of the Soul Ladder Music series, the show is available on your podcast player of choice. I'll also have links to all the songs in this episode in our show notes. And check out the Soul Ladder Music playlist on Spotify for a running list of all the music played during this series. Thanks as always to Jeff Philosopher for providing our theme music. And keep tuning in to WOWD 94.3 FM, Tacoma Radio, for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at tacomaradio.org.